Welcome to another Daily Takeaway. It's Bush and Richie here. I've got an offer for you, Bush. Um, oh, I. Yeah, money could be involved or incentives. Um, got a picture here that I'm, I'm sharing with Bush. Uh, that is my lad, Charlie, uh, with the referee of tonight's Bournemouth versus Everton game in the Carabao Cup. Wow, the ref looks like David Guest. <laughs> <laughs> Good though that Charlie's there with him. Yeah, it is. Now, you're probably listening to this episode of The Daily Takeaway and, and you know whether Bournemouth or Everton have progressed to the next round of the Carabao Cup. So this is a... I've got a good guess as to which one. <laughs> <laughs> but look, here we are right now. The game hasn't even kicked off. Charlie's close to the ref. Uh, is there anything you want to offer me, lads? Uh, to try and get him to nobble the referee in Everton's favour ahead of tonight's game. That'd be so good. Even just a bit of money for a bit of influence. Maybe if Charlie's quite attentive to the ref, see if he wants a cup of tea at half-time. Yeah. Put in a good word for... Well, that's the thing, you see, because, you know, he's, he's working there at, ga- at, the, at the game tonight in some kind of refreshments capacity. So he might be able to, you know, slip the ref something. Well, is he, uh, well, some kind of tablet? <laughs> <laughs> is he available in the next few days as well? Because we're playing Bournemouth, I think, twice on the trot. So if Charlie is available... Well, He'll be, he'll be there at Saturday's game as well. Brilliant. OK, well, listen, a two-for-one deal. If he can influence the ref, I'll give him 100 quid. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Here are three words that caused an argument in our house last night. Bangers and mash. Favourite meal in our house, bangers and mash. Don't you have a favourite meal in your house? We have it quite a lot. Veggie sausages sometimes, then sometimes like meat sausages and that. Uh, and we always end up falling out uh, about bangers and mash, me and Katie, my other half, because of the mashed potato. We have a, a fundamental difference of opinion about how mashed potato uh, should be uh, done. It if you know begs what I mean. the question how do you fall out about how mashed potato should be done? Because surely mashed potato is mashed potato. Well, I genuinely believe, and I'm not just saying this for uh, effect, I genuinely believe that the perfect mashed potato should have lumps. Okay, <laughs> like to make it rustic. Right. Because I'll do mashed potato to go with the sausage or whatever, and I'll give it to Katie, and then she'll send it back like we're in some top-end restaurant and I'll have to redo it or, or, or do more mashing. Because she wants it, like, almost strained so it's like semolina or something. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I genuinely believe that proper mashed potato should have lumps in it. What is your take on this? Uh, I'd be sending it back like Katie. Oh, come on. Come would, on, you traitor. I would suggest if your mashed potato still has lumps in it, then you haven't really properly finished mashing it. Do you know what? Your other half, Natalie, sent me a message on Instagram last night about it, because I put it out on, on Instagram, because we were having this argument. And I thought, oh, Natalie's going to back me up. She said it makes her wretch there's lumps in it. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, Natalie. I thought you were going to support me on this, and you're just as bad. People are going on about a thing called a ricer. Like straining it, straining the life out of potato. Do you know uh, what I mean? What's a ricer? I've not heard of that. I don't even know what it is. It sounds like some kind of ungodly uh, mechanical device from medieval times wow. to elicit, uh, you know, uh, some kind of extract information out of people, <laughs> put them through the ricer. But I genuinely think in the future, we'll look But This is a hill that I no doubt this evening, over, over the course of the next 45 minutes on home time, it's a hill I may die on. <laughs> but I'll be looked back generations to come that it's an important thing that I'm speaking the truth. OK. So all I'm asking is, for the little bit of time here on this show, what is your view on mashed potato? Do you believe, like me, that it should have lumps and be rustic? Or do you believe what Richie says, where it should be strained to within an inch of its life through little I, tiny holes and things, calendars? I would just that it's mashed. OK, fair enough. <laughs> This is where we're at. I love, I, I love to side with you normally. I'd always like to stand shoulder to shoulder with you, but on this occasion, I have to be with Katie. Uh, this Richie is not for turning. Deborah says, <laughs> I'm not even convinced that you like the lumps, Bush. I do, I do. I'm not just saying this. Uh, then Alex says, silky smooth, you need a ricer. And he's sent us in a photo of the ricer. 
and it's like a metal colander with like a thing you stick into it and it squeezes did you ever have a toy when you were a kid which was like plasticine and it was like a barber's chair and you squeeze the plasticine that comes out of yeah, it's like a play-doh spin-off wasn't it play-doh thing it's like that but for spuds i think i'd rather eat play-doh than a woody lumpy mash <laughs> thank you very much nicholas tweets so you're you're saying al dente mash basically if you want to call it that <laughs> i haven't got a problem with that Jamie says mashed potato is mashed potato. It should have texture and melt in your mouth. If you want totally smooth, that would be creamier potatoes, and they are gross. Hashtag Bush Noses Food. <laughs> I fear that Nikki is hanging on, about to support you as well. Uh, where do you stand on mash? It should be rustic, not mashed within an inch of their life. Yes. So you agree, because the thing that I'm fighting against here, right, is that that mash that looks like the mash that you get in, like, a instant microwavable mash or smash or something like that, and it's like yep. baby food, do you know what I mean? Yep, uh-huh, yuck. Nicky, just to give us an idea, then, of how big your lumps are... Uh, <laughs> 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 I'll rephrase that. I just met him. How much do you use your masher, then? Actually, that sounds bad as well. <laughs> how long do you spend... Pound, no, no, it's how, even worse. How long? How long do you spend mashing the potatoes? Two or three squashes, and that's it. Wow. So, and do you, are you a skin-on kind of guy? Yep. Uh huh. Wow, so this is next level. He's leaving the skin on the mash, three wax, bit of butter in there. Jobs are good and rustic. I mean, he says rustic. The potatoes barely out the ground. <laughs> yep. Cheers, Nicky. Uh, I just genuinely believe that true mashed potato should have lumps in it to make it rustic. I, I believe it so much I'd go up an M25 gantry, to be honest with you. Uh, and uh, Ollie says, and listen to this, this kind of sums it up. He says it's all about pushing it through a sieve. Half fat, half spuds, cold butter, warm milk. Pushing it through a, a sieve. It's just being rude to the potato. Like, for example, Sarah says, whilst we're on the subject of veg crushing, can we please have an end to crush peas? I don't mean mushy peas. Uh, it's becoming impossible to get garden peas uncrushed. It takes away all the pleasure of the pop. Big Al says, smooth. I paid 13 quid for pie and mash the other day. I was furious it was lumpy. If you want lumps, just have small boiled potatoes. I think he needs to wind his neck in. <laughs> And get his head around it because times they are a changing. We've got an actual chef on the phone here. Rob's a chef. Chef, uh, Rob, uh, how long have you been chefing overall, my friend? 23 years, fella. 23 years of chefing. Yeah. So you must have seen some different preparations of potatoes in your time. I have indeed. And he must have seen enough mashed potato to have an authoritative opinion on whether it needs lumps in it. Oh, no, it can't have lumps. If you're going to have lumps in mashed potato, you might as well just have boiled potatoes. Whoa, 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 hold on a second, Sunshine. Would you agree, though, Rob, that in, in your time as a chef, that mashed potato has gone to the point where it's almost like puree, baby food, because people process it so much and, and hammer the life out of it? Surely, Rob, you agree with that? <laughs> <laughs> it's got a difficult caller, eh? Difficult caller. <laughs> what happens in a kitchen, Rob, if you sent out lumpy mashed potato? Oh, I'm sure it would certainly come back complaining that there's lumps in it and I would request it to be smooth. Right, OK. And how do you, what process do you do, then, to get all the, all the lumps out of it? Because I get told off by Katie because I don't, like, hammer it enough with the, with the masher. What do you do? I boil up my potatoes in salt water, drain them, uh, then into a mixer with a little bit of cream, a little bit of salt pepper, a little bit of butter. Cream! It's not, not, not how nature intended. It's not <laughs> hospital food, mate. That's hospital food. <laughs> Until it's nice and smooth and high presto. All right, well, listen, if someone wanted to try what... Fair play, you're quite nice-sounding mash. Where where can they come and taste your food, my friend? Uh, well, I currently work in a care home, so I do mashed potato every single day. They love a bit of mash, don't they, the old folk? <laughs> they love a bit of mash. <laughs> <laughs> they certainly do. They can't get enough of it, fella. The Daily Takeaway. 
Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. So I've got a theory that every particular line of work has a go-to excuse that you will roll out if you just don't fancy the customer's request or or the client or whatever's coming forward. You think, oh, I can't be bothered with that one. Let's just give that excuse. Last night, I rumbled taxi's excuse. Let me tell you what happened. Right. Train disruptions on the way home last night. Got off the train and thought, oh, I'll just get the taxi the rest of the way home. And because there were hundreds and hundreds of other people in the same situation as me, I kind of thought, I'll be smart, I'll think ahead. I'll use I'll use an app-based taxi to book ahead so they're there waiting for me. Well done. I like that. When I came out of the station entrance, the car park was so jammed up, people coming in to pick people up from all the train disruption, let alone then leaving it again, I thought, this is a nightmare. The fella's going to be ages, even just trying to get to me. I'll call him through the app-based taxi thing uh-huh. and just let him know I'm going to walk out of the station and meet him round the corner to make life easier for him. Uh-huh. He picked up, we chatted, I told him what was going on and said, mate, it's so busy, I'm just going to leave the station, I'll meet you round the corner, make life easier for everyone. Oh, OK, cool, thank you very much, cheers, OK, see you in a minute, bye. Oh, you must have appreciated that. He must have appreciated it. Uh, 90 seconds later... He messages me through the app saying, mate, got a puncture. I'm going to have to cancel you. Sorry, bye. (laughs) He blatantly (laughs) did not fancy that pickup because he didn't know that there's all that disruption there. He's like, I don't fancy that. I've got a puncture. Just go to, go to excuse. Got a puncture. Sorry, can't pick you up. Didn't have a puncture like less than ninety seconds ago. Because you'd have been able to see him. If he if he's got a puncture, he can't drive anywhere. Can I can he? see him on the app based thing. He's moving around, moving around absolutely fine. Been Ab- moving around for the last twelve minutes while I was waiting for him. Abacabs have done a fantastic job with that app, haven't they? <laughs> So what a liar. Th- that is obviously the go-to excuse in that particular line of work. Every line of work has a go-to excuse. We have them, if we're honest. Well, let's get, you know, a little peer behind the curtain, the veil here at Absolute Radio. I'll be honest with you, if one of you lot, our amazing listeners, gets in touch on a Friday on our request show and picks a song when they, you know, if you call us, uh, that we're not that keen on <laughs> and we don't really want to play, uh, we all say that we'll put it on the list. And that, in the world of radio, means we ain't going to play <laughs> yeah, it. There's no list. But we'll just get you off the phone. It's just going on the list. There's no list. List. We don't keep a list. No, obviously, we play loads of requests. Play loads of them, but the ones we don't fancy, it's going on the list. And some of the stuff we have to play is pretty bad, so you should see the stuff we can't. <laughs> Danielle works in IT, uh, says it's always a system glitch. Keep it as vague as possible. Oh, so if, yeah. you're, if you're ever sold system glitch, there is no glitch. I, I mean, you can't argue with a system glitch. Where do you even start with that? Do you Awful know what I mean? glitch, exactly. So come on, bit of honesty. We'll, we'll do anonymity as well. We'll respect if you just need to sort of, you know, uh, be a whistleblower of sorts. Relocate, you set you up with a new job, that <laughs> kind of thing. Absolutely, we have that power. Uh, I'm a house husband, says this text, when my wife asks me to get something specific when shopping and I forget to look, I say they didn't have any. <laughs> she is on to me though, she's bought me a t-shirt that literally says that on it. Do you know what, uh, going back to the, the first hour of the show, my other half Katie does exactly the same thing with me. What she does as well, she makes writes a shopping list, she writes them in different categories where I would normally pass them going by the shop. It's a good idea. So I can't get out of it by saying... <laughs> <laughs> they haven't got any. James just says, I work in kitchens. Uh, the easiest excuse if you run out or forget to order a product, just blame the delivery guy. Sorry, the delivery guy, the driver is late. Stupid delivery company didn't put it in the van. Simple. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, right, we've got a mystery caller hanging on. Uh, tell us uh, your go-to excuse. I'm a train driver and uh, any passenger asks when the next train is. Uh, I don't want to say 10 minutes because it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound genuine. So I always say 7 minutes. <laughs> this is outrageous. I love that. So what you think, ten, 10 minutes doesn't sound right. It sounds disingenuous. So seven sounds more specific. <laughs> <laughs> ten, ten sounds more 
sounds as if you've just made it up. So seven sounds, uh, it must be telling the truth. He wouldn't just say seven for no reason. Wow. <laughs> it just walks off Boulder's Brass. Get on with the rest of your day. <laughs> I, I'm trying hard not to say your name because we promised anonymity, <laughs> but uh, this is wonderful. Thank you for the intel. OK, thanks. Uh, we have someone hanging on right now. Please do tell us, what is the excuse uh, that you know of? It's, sorry, must have got lost in the post. <laughs> and explain, your line of work, what does that mean in context? Well, I work in a lab so, um, for a cement company and we have to have lots of samples sent to us so we can test all the um, materials that we make. And time and again, this, these samples don't turn up. So when I phone up and say, where are your samples? I can't do your work yet. Oh, I'm so sorry, it must have got lost in the post. And it really hasn't. It's oh. sitting on the desk, forgotten about. So you, you, this is flipping it, I like this. You are rumbling them. You know it's not lost in the post. Oh, yeah. They've just not sent it. I do, I know for a fact it's not got lost in the post. Because there's so much stuff that gets lost in the post. My samples must be backed up somewhere <laughs> in the post office. <laughs> 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 Nothing. All the postmen must be just stumbling over them. <laughs> there's no way. Nothing gets past you. Good to speak to you. Thank you. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. It's Tuesday night, it can mean only one thing. Yes, Toasty Tuesday after its uh, massive debut last week on the show. We will once again uh, be making a toasted sandwich uh, out of a suggestion of something that you've made. Will it be even more successful than the tin ravioli sandwich from last week? Well, there were so many messages about the ravioli sandwich from last yeah. week. I think it really struck a chord with the, the British public. Although, I feel, Richie, you did spit yours out a bit too early. You got a little hot mouth and you panicked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll have to let it cool a little bit more than I did last week. Uh, so after any suggestions, any flavour combinations you think uh, that we could toast, we're going to do it. Uh, we are the only UK radio show that's currently doing live toasting on the show. No one else is doing this. No, no. We are visionaries here on Home Time. Uh, we've got a fellow called Steph on the line who's very excited about his flavour combo. Steph, tell us about it. What was your flavour combo? Yeah, it was a long time ago, but I, I did try it and... I thought, well, I can't put the, put the sauce in there because it's going to mess well, up the Well, back up a second, Steph. Well, what is it that you've got a suggestion for? Please tell us about the toasty. Name it. Um, well, it is a uh, bowl in the bag. I don't know whether I can name the uh, the brand, but it's it. uh, a captain with a beard. And, uh, yes, so it has to be the, the butter cod um, version of it rather than the parsley. Uh, that's a personal choice. But, um, yes, yeah, so you boil up the um, bowl in the bag Butter cod. Um, <laughs> so that's, you know, a bit of a preparation here. And then um, once that's done, you open it up, put the sauce to the side in a little um, sort of Mexican uh, dish. And then you get the cod, you halve that, put it in the uh, toasting, and toast that up. And once that's done, then you've got that on a plate plus your dip. Wow. And and it, it, I'm not being funny, it is incredible. And I haven't done it for a couple of years now, but uh, now you, you mentioned it, about these toasties, I think, well, that was really good. To so clarify, to clarify, Captain Birdseye, boil in the bag, buttered cod, <laughs> in the toasty, save half the sauce for a dip once it's all done. Exactly. There's two meals in one there as well, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I mean, it, it I sounds maverick. Get this tonight. Genuinely, uh, it, it sounds maverick. It sounds on the edge, but it's mad enough that it might just work. Yes. Now, That's our facilities here—the boil in the bag sort of things—can we do that in a microwave? 
Um, I'm sure you can these sure. days. Well, there's a will, there's a way, do you know what I mean? <laughs> You've got a kettle, pop it in the kettle. And there's yeah. nothing antisocial about boiling the bag fish in a work microwave, yeah. is there? Do you remember us kicking <laughs> off about someone microwaving fish about two weeks ago? That'll Karma, be us. my friend, yes. yes. <laughs> Great suggestion, thanks so much. No worries, all right. Would you believe it? We've had a suggestion in from an actual celebrity, someone off the telly. Uh, we've both got kids the same age. Richie, yeah. you, you'll be aware of uh, Waffle the Wonder Dog. Yes. Waffle Doggy. Well, James Merry, a.k.a. the dad from Waffle the Wonder Dog, has tweeted us to say, what about toasted cheese Walker's crisps? Toasted cheese Walker's crisps? Now, crisp sandwiches are one of the best things on this planet. Yes. But I would never think in a million years of toasting it. Do you know what no, I mean? No, 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 no. That's amazing. That's amazing. Hang on, hang on. And cheese, obviously, as well. Well, he says toasted cheese Walker's crisps. So does that mean, like, is there, there's cheese Walker's crisps, cheese flavour, well, cheese and onion? Yeah, but... Uh, uh, Nobody is no, nobody's putting just crisps in a toasted sandwich because, of course, if you have it in a soft one that hasn't been toasted, you get the crunch. But if you have to, to, crisps in a toasted sandwich, you're going to lose the crunch because it's toasted. I think you've got a good point there. I mean, the cheese is the thing that's going to bind it all together. Yeah. If you, if you don't have cheese in there, that sandwich is going to fall apart when it comes out of the toaster. And then you've got crunchy cheese, which is quite incredible. But then again, I'm drawn back to just a good old classic cheese. You know, what makes a crisp sandwich such an amazing thing? Why can't that be toasted in a toasted? <laughs> Cheese in there. You got toast, toast crisps in a toaster sandwich. All right, I tell you what. Uh, should we? We'll do this because obviously it's brilliant to have a suggestion from you know someone like James Mary. Thank you so much, James, for getting in touch. We'll put a bit of cheese in there. So hold on to your hats. The the toasty we're going to be making tonight on Toasty Tuesday is cheese with Walker's crisps in a toasty. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Thanks to uh, the amazing James Mary from Waffle the Wonder Dog, the CBeebies programme. We've got a lot of a toasty combo for you guys to see. Properly excited about this and uh, over the last couple of minutes we've had a brainwave because we were so confused uh, as to whether the toasty that had been suggested uh, was Walker's Crisps with cheese or just toasted cheese, cheese Walker's, Walker's Crisps. crisps. So we've done two. Covered all bases. That's, that's what scientists do, don't they? <laughs> yeah. So what would you like me to hand you first? Uh, the toasted sandwich that has just got crisps in or the one that's got cheese in as well? Let's go crisps on their own as like right. the base point. Because I was saying earlier on, you know, everyone loves a crisp sandwich. Surely that would be all right toasted. But we'll see. Right, so we've got one each. So uh, there's your toasted crisp sandwich. All it's got in it is cheese and onion crisps. Now, I thought you'd put too much marge on there, but the colouring's good, so I take that back. Thank you. Here we go. Well, that's easy to review. What are you thinking? You can't taste the crisps. Yeah. Not just taste. Like, there's no sensation of crunch because it's disguised by toast. In fact, I'm going to have a little look into it, like a telescope. I don't think there's very much in there. Unfortunately, you don't get the same um, crisp sandwich vibe as you do with a crisp sandwich. So the crisp is like a lost child in a wood. Hit and miss. Don't know what that analogy was. <laughs> right. I took um, a sinister turn, like a weird fairy tale. <laughs> Pass your plate, I've got your other one. Okay. Well, <laughs> so go. this is cheese, vintage cheddar cheese, Tesco finest, and the Walker's Crisp. Now, I'm sure this is what James was getting at when he sent in the recipe. And I can't wait. Here we go. A toasty Tuesday. Oh. Oh. Straight away, I can tell you that's very, very good. Mm. That's elite. Yeah. I sense the cheese, the mm. crunch of the crisp. I feel like Greg Wallace from MasterChef. I tell you what the cheese does. The cheese insulates the 
uh, crisp, so you've still got the crunch. It hasn't been lost by the toast. Because the other one was just a gaping cavern. That's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So, I feel like this is another success. No problem over there, producer Adam? Uh, I feel like this is another success in the world of, um, of, of a Toasty Tuesday. We're going to get our own recipe book coming out with these, surely. I wanted to take another bite just to check, and it's still just as good. If you're toasting along with the show, hope you enjoyed your toasty as much as we have this week. This is the Daily Takeaway. Daily Takeaway. There's the show. Imagine, imagine what we said at the beginning of this podcast yeah. comes to fruition, where Richie's lads goes around the country <laughs> taking outrageous bribes to influence the referees for... <laughs> send him off to Qatar for the World Cup. That'd be so good. As we said, you, you you will be listening to this knowing full well what the result of the Bournemouth-Everton Carabao Cup tie was. If Everton have gone through, I mean, why would they not? Um, th- this is going to look really hooky. It will look hooky. And if they don't go through, I'll get tweets from people, I guarantee it, saying he should have given Charlie the money. 